Listeners, welcome back to my yoga audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and today we're back with a wonderful guest that I'm so honored to have on the show. Many of you may know of him already. His name is Joshua Stoddard, and he's a sound healer and musician based in Portland, Oregon. He has performed live all over the country, including at TEDx in Salem, at countless sound baths and yoga events. And his recordings on the Insight Timer app since 2015 have reached over 250,000 plays. He's done a wonderful collaboration with Porter Singer, another musician formerly known as Sergen Carr. And you can subscribe to and follow his sounds on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon, where he already has thousands of enthusiastic followers. Now, his Instagram bio says his work is about bathtub music with compassion, available on all major music platforms. And I'd like to offer that that is fabulous, but also an understatement. Joshua is conscientious, thoughtful, and so humble. And the beauty and power of what he brings to listeners is actually, I believe, of incredible impact and healing. And as always, I like to introduce how I met each guest on the show. And how Joshua and I met is kind of a cool story. So I think it was about three years ago now we met because I entered an online competition to win a ticket to see him perform live in concert here in Sacramento. And I won. And I was so excited to have the opportunity not only to experience him play live, but to also meet and converse with him along with a very small group of other attendees in a private setting. And we've kept in touch virtually since that time, and I've seen him travel all over the United States and even Canada, where many of you know I'm from, to commune with audiences everywhere. And I got back in touch with him because I really thought this was the perfect opportunity to have him come on the show and to introduce him to any listeners who might not yet have had a chance to meet him or listen to his offerings. And later in the show, stay tuned for the whole thing because we're going to be closing out listening to one of his unique compositions. So make sure and stay with us. Joshua, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's always good to be heard. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. It's anything we can do to get more voices out there that need to be heard. And I, I firmly believe you are one of those people. And so I've shared with listeners how we've come to know one another. But I do know you've been on an immense and continuing journey ever since we met and and before that your whole life. One thing that I was particularly touched about what you shared with us years ago was about how your mom inspired you. But could you tell us more about your story? What, What feels present right now about how you found music or how it found you and a bit more about who you are? Wow. So, so much to share there. (laughs) <laughs> well, firstly, my mother uh, was always so supportive of my music, and I had I had recording set up in the basement of my family's house, and I had rock bands and <laughs> really loud music that would be coming from the basement all the time, and she was always so supportive of it, and she supported my my decision in choosing music as my career. I went to an audio engineering school in in 2001 when I was 21 and 
I got a degree in the recording arts uh, as an audio engineer. And then I moved to New York City and worked in a recording studio in the East Village where I was uh, an intern and then also a, an assistant engineer working on uh, records like The Strokes, Room on Fire, Regina Spector, Soviet Kitsch, worked on a couple of Moby tracks, uh, Duncan Sheik. I worked with Fountains of Wayne. And through Fountains of Wayne, I actually ended up going on tour with those guys. And they really cut my teeth with the road of touring and uh, the world of touring. And I started playing in various bands through those guys. I played in the side project of Fountains of Wayne. And then I played in a couple other bands throughout the years, really just explored my dream of playing on, on stage in a rock and roll band. And I guess, you know, it's been quite a journey. I, I never really know how to sum it up because there's so many different parts and things that stacked on top of each other that led me to making the music that I'm making now. But I always really loved sounds that sounded really uh, lush and angelic and like cathedral kind of sounds, so sounds that trailed out forever. Something about that always spoke to me. And so it's it's really no surprise that I ended up coming around to making this sort of music because I always really wanted to in the first place. That's quite, <laughs> when I think back on that, I'm not sure that I was aware of the rock and roll history before now, but you're the second person that I've met in the last 10 years that has had a, just a similar, they used to be in, in more of the rock and roll world and then has shifted to towards, when I met you, it was more like, I'd say mantra type music. But what has, I guess if you could tell us, what has this last year revealed to you about your path through challenge and about the future? Because I know I've, you know, I've watched you go from being on tour on the road and you were driving, I believe, for most of it, like all over North America and into Burlington, which is just a few miles away from Oakville, where I used to live in Canada and drive all the way back again. And I know you had some spinal issues at that time. And I'm just thinking, boy, that was before 2020 even hit. So I'd love to know, not in a gleeful way, but just sort of some of the challenges you've run into and how this has transformed your music, you, you know, sound healing is such, I don't mean to go off on like so many different tangents, but when I just think about when we were chatting earlier in the week, and as we were speaking, you were voice texting me and I could hear you walking through the snow and the snow crunching. And I, to me, that was a healing moment, just hearing you walk in the snow and realizing sometimes I miss snow now living in, in California. So that what, just tell us about some of the things that have been revealed to you in the last couple of years. Ooh, well, it's been, a, it's been a journey the last couple of years. Um, my father passed away in 2019, about a year and a half ago. And he actually, he died on the same day my mom died 10 years later. So yeah, quite the quite the coincidence, quote unquote, and uh, that caused me to, you know, I, I I put a pause on everything. I stopped touring, and I was with my father towards the end of his life, for the last four months of his life. And I recorded a piece of music that I titled "Hospice" at his bedside for the last two days of his life. I I set up my gear and recorded in his hospice room. Um, and that that changed my life um, in profound ways. 
it, it, it really caused me to, to, to pause and just reflect on everything, you know, the losing somebody that you love, especially a parent is I mean, one of the most humbling experiences in life. And that whole experience really, really caused me to, to just really take, take it like account and take, take a, a look at where I was and where I was headed and what I was, what I was doing. I went through a phase of like running completely in the opposite direction of uh, doing quote unquote sound healing work. And, and actually, as a matter of fact, I, I don't even call it sound healing anymore because I think that sound healing is happening all the time. Like there's, there's always a sound bath in nature. It's, it's, there's always, there's always a sound meditation going on and sound healing I think that that term or the, those those words just get used so freely these days, and I feel like it does a disservice to all musicians who I think are all sound healers. So I went through this phase of like not wanting to do sound healing, quote unquote, work after my father died, and it was like it was this. I felt like there was there was like pressure for me to show up and perform for, for people. And in that period of my life, I needed to just show up for myself. And I did 500 sound baths across the country for, for two years. And it was an extreme amount of touring. Most bands do like three months tops and then they take a huge break. And I toured 12 months out of the year and I did a concert almost every other day or more than every other day. And it was, it was extreme and it caused me to burn out. And after my father passed away, I just, I, I, I took a breather and, and realized that I needed to shower myself with the, the love that I was giving other people. So that was, that was a big turning point for me. I, there was even a period of time where I thought that I wouldn't actually do sound baths anymore or, or make music intentionally in that way. I thought that I would get back into rock and roll and I still might, but it was, it was a period of me just, you know, reevaluating and, and figuring things out again. And I've, I've come around again where I'm now planning to, to do sound baths again when, when it's uh, safe with COVID and all of that or outdoors in the summer, but I'm, I'm going to approach it in a whole new way. In a way, I feel a lot freer about it because before I was trying to show up for everybody else. Now I fully know that, you know, I, I need to make sure my, my cup is full so I can show up for others. But beyond that, it can be reflected in the music that I'm making because instead of making music that I think other people would find peaceful. I'm making music 100% that I find peaceful and cathartic and a clearing for myself. Absolutely. You've spoken so many truths here, and I'm hearing this actually across the board from a lot of different artists of all different genres. And, you know, if they're famous on Instagram for a particular type of illustration or style of artwork, for example, and then they switch it up because that's what the creative process reveals to them. And they get all this blowback of people saying, no, stop doing that. Do the stuff that 
you know, I liked you for it. So there is that like real pressure and the real fear out there. But knowing that that place of artistry and creativity that lives in you has to be allowed to adapt and transform and move forward in the ways that best serve you, because if it best serves you, it's going to best serve others as well, as you said, without pouring from an empty cup. And I, I love that analogy. And I'm, I'm sorry that it was so painful to get to that, to that point of realization. And I think you're not alone in that. Burnout is very real for people, especially in, you know, in North America, where we're just like, go, 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 we got to, got to get it done. So tell us a little more about your daily life now, like your routines, your practices for self-care, for self-compassion. And I also wanted to point out, just reiterate something you said about how being in nature and how the sound of nature and all music, all sound has that, that potential for sound healing. It's That's something I've talked a lot about on the show and with my students, um, just almost removing yourself completely from, from the digital world sometimes and just being outside and hearing these everyday things that are part of the music of life. And, you know, you can roll your eyes and think that sounds cheesy, but I honestly believe it to be true. But what are some other things you've you've noticed or you've incorporated into your life that have have made filling up your cup a little bit easier? The biggest thing that's 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 made a huge difference in my life is my diet. I've eliminated processed foods, sugar, gluten, and dairy, and uh, the sugar, just sugar alone. I was so addicted to sugar, um, and I think it's a huge problem. Period in the world, it's a drug, and it was it was hard coming off of, but it has has paid off so much. I'm I'm finding I have less anxiety and um, less inflammation just after just after a couple of weeks, even without without the sugar in my diet. So that's been huge. I'm camped out uh, at Martha's Vineyard on on the island of Martha's Vineyard, and I'm really close to the beach. So I've been running the beach every morning, and uh, largely running the beach because it's it snowed so much out here. So it's like the only dry place that I can that I can run because the waves melt all the snow. <laughs> It's quite the thing. I, I'm starting my day with a cold shower and and running on uh, on a beach in sub sub freezing temperatures. That those those two things alone are making me feel on top of the world <laughs> that I can tackle just about anything if I can do those things in the morning. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. That what what is cool to me. I listened to another podcast yesterday and it was recorded live and. <laughs> Martha's Vineyard. And now here you're telling me that's where you are. Is there a, a particular project or anything you're working on or just because you're usually based in Oregon or or maybe you've moved? Yeah, no, um, I just had an opportunity to come out here. And because of the pandemic and everything, this is a really safe place to be. And it's, it's, it's just, you know, being by the ocean and being in nature. If I can't be with friends all the time, I like to be with my animal friends out in the forest, so <laughs> in, in the ocean. So that that was my choice. And uh, there's 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 a seven foot grand piano here that was a major incentive for me. So I've been been working on some stuff on that, and uh, it's just it's it's real quiet out here. So it's it's been it's been really great for recording. 
That is, so one of the questions I did want to ask you about was your collaboration with the art, Porter Singer, the artist formerly known as Sergeant Carr. And I'm wondering if that was done, I'm assuming that was done in person before the pandemic hit. And then I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things, what your recording looks like now, if it's, is it just your, and I say just not as a belittling thing, is it your work, your, your compositions or are you collaborating with other artists elsewhere now that it's virtual? Like how has this remote <laughs> remote recording everything that we have to do now working in the way you live your life and create your music? Oh yeah. Well, the project with Porter Singer, Sir Gunkar, the, the record for Pamela that we released, I recorded that in the back of my sprinter van actually on tour. I was doing the remote recording and, and file sharing. I've been doing that for years. So she and I, we sent files back and forth to each other. And then I was in Phoenix where she was living at the time. And we tracked some viola for it and some more vocals. But most of that was done remotely. And, and I, I, I would record most of my parts. I'd be driving down the road in my sprinter van and I'd see a beautiful mountain view or ocean and I'd pull over and, and just open the doors wide open and set up my laptop and cord it just like surrounded by nature. And, and that was, <laughs> that was my favorite recording setup that I've had. So yeah, and that's continued. I've have a, a, a new record that's coming out that I, that I did with some old bandmates of mine. Jimmy Lavelle from the album Leaf uh, mixed and played on it, and uh, Jody Porter from the Fountains of Wayne played on it, and Adam Franklin from a band called Swerve Driver played on it as well. And uh, that record will be coming out in the next couple of months, and it's I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever recorded, so I'm really excited to release that. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. I was telling you when we first started recording, I've been listening to your sounds all morning, just preparing for this and getting my my head space and my heart space, actually, for those of you listening. He has so many tracks available, as I mentioned, on Spotify, Amazon, from his website. You can actually purchase and download directly from his website. And the one I focused on today was the heart release one, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. So I'm excited to hear what's come out of this, you know, this past year of evolution through all these ups and downs. And the fact that you already feel like it's the most beautiful thing you've ever released is really, really exciting. One of the things I wanted to ask you about as well is on one of your Instagram posts, and I wrote this down because I thought it was Really, and it was a while ago, so you may not find it applicable now. But you mentioned that sound bath sessions, and we won't say specifically any kind of music, but a sound bath, which can be in a forest or in a recording studio or in a group of people collaborating, balances the body and the mind by applying a specific vibration and frequency to create a harmonic space for healing. And that each sound bath you create is done with the intention of providing a grounding experience that leaves the experiencer centered and recharged. So now that you've been a musician for more than 20 years, if I've got my facts straight, what are some of the greatest lessons or revelations you've experienced? And I know you've brought up being in nature and, you know, respecting the sound that is all all around us, but what are some of the other things that you've learned along the way, especially about 
I guess your technique at the moment for, for the music you're creating about applying specific vibrations and frequencies. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I still have some beliefs around the specific frequencies, but I've gotten away from that a bit. I'm more in the mindset now that it's all about harmony and grace. And really, you know, because I, I, I think that all frequencies, you know, are capable of being good and they're also capable of being bad. And, and it really just ultimately comes down to harmony. And within the idea of harmony, we're not always going to reach harmony, not always. But if we meet that discord and trying to get harmony with grace, if we meet that, like the dissonance with grace, then we can find harmony eventually or get, get there. And that really that's kind of like the ultimate meditation within my music. Every, every live performance I do, the sound bath, it's all stream of consciousness. I, 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 I just basically, in other words, I just make it up in the moment um, or it just I play whatever I hear or whatever comes to me in that moment. And it's a dance with my own self because I'm listening to things that I'm creating that I hadn't thought of before. And, you know, I have a structure and a framework where a tuning that I play within and, and a chord structure that I play within. But within that, I just allow myself to play and dance and, and explore and have fun. So the majority of the time of, or not the majority, but a big part of the whole experience of my sound bath is a listening to my own self with compassion and grace. My goal is to hit harmony so everybody can feel and connect with harmony. But in those moments that I don't hit harmony, I, I have to meet that with grace and compassion. If I don't meet it with grace and compassion, then it's just, it's more resistance and more ammunition for discord. And really that's, that's like the only formula I'm working with these days. I used to be a lot more specific with, with tunings and whatnot. And I, I could get into that, but I, I, I don't really, I don't really, it's not like my intention to like tell people a, a certain tuning is better than the other. And it, to, because to me, at the end of the day, it's more about harmony. Um, so I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I know I can kind of <laughs> go off into esoteric land and actually something else I wanted to ask you about sort of what you were kind of already answering my next question in some ways. I'm curious about two things. One, if you have a yoga practice and what that means for you. And as I say on almost every episode that, you know, physical yoga, the postures of yoga are one of the eight branches of yoga practice. So I'm curious if you have a yoga practice and what that means for you. And then the other part of that, as a person who's really, you know, you're really intuitive, you're listening to what your soul, your heart, your experience on this planet right now wants to reveal to you, to the people you meet, to the compositions you create. So I'm curious um, if any kinds of messages or thoughts have come through to you in terms of this podcast, because I know we've been virtually chatting for a couple of weeks now. So I'm just wondering if there's anything you think listeners really need to know or hear from you right now. 
Um, well, so yes, I do have a yoga practice. It's, it's very gentle and it incorporates really similar idea of the music that I make. To me, it's about harmony, grace, and compassion. I had hurt myself. You, you mentioned that I had the back issues. I, I, had, I had made that worse by trying to force fix it by doing yoga. I'm reconnecting and readjusting and recalibrating with my yoga practice. And, and that looks like a lot more, it's a lot more gentle these days. And, and it's more about me finding harmony in my body and being graceful and compassionate about the process. So there's that. And the message that I would like to share is that the word, universe just basic quite simply put is really just one verse right and i like to think of the universe in the way that like our planet and our solar system is expanding is is like the nautilus right like the sea creature that is the spiral and i think that you know within the idea of the universe being one verse it's like we're we're a part of this massive spiral that just keeps expanding and growing and becoming greater and grander but there's cycles within that when we loop around it's like we, we you know we have the full moon and we have the you know lunar years and all the different cycles that happen through our solar system those same cycles happen in our lives too and i think that if we all sort of spent more time finding compassion for ourselves within the cycles or listening and learning from the cycles and just knowing that, that everything comes back around and that it's all part of this one grand song that ultimately is hopefully reaching harmony at some point. I, I think that that's, that's a key thing to know about life is it's all, you know, it's a, it's one big cycle that keeps keeps repeating and expanding and growing. Until we learn the lessons we need to learn. That, that's, that was kind of the tail end of another question I was going to ask you, but you sort of already answered it. And for myself as a yoga teacher, a lot of the things that I feel called to teach in classes or to talk about on the podcast or to write about on the blog are about lessons that I had to learn like 10 times <laughs> and for whatever the first nine times that something was presented to me. And as you said, I met it with resistance or I was in denial or I didn't listen. And it's like without, you know, beating myself up about it, but just talking about it and say, Hey, this took me 10 years to figure out, even though I knew 10 years ago, this is what I should have done. And, and something I've spoken a little bit about on the podcast before with other guests in terms of self-care and listening to the body. You know, we're, we're very often taught to just push through, right? And then we injure ourselves or we like eat things that we know are terrible for us. But, you know, until we wait for that diagnosed allergy or, you know, without trying the things that we know might make us feel better. And it can't all be solved by that, but it can certainly go a long way. So I want to thank you for bringing all of that up. Is there any, I know you mentioned by location where you are right now um, in Martha's Vineyard, being on the beach, being in nature. Are there any specific 
practices that root or ground you in your daily life. And I, I ask that as more of a, I like to introduce with each guest, like something that they've just, so you've mentioned diet as well, but anything you've read or a person who has inspired you or even a simple practice that has also really introduced some positive transformations in your life. Hmm. I really want to think of a person right now. I, so many people, <laughs> there's so many people in my life. <laughs> For me, I, I'm, I'm a water sign and water is, is always super grounding and everything from drinking a, a glass of water in the morning to getting in the hot tub to swimming in the ocean. Those things are, are really good for, in my experience. And yeah, just being out in nature, I find if I stop and listen to the birds or even listen to an airplane flying over, you know, the only difference between a weed and a flower is a judgment. So we can we can approach all sounds with curiosity and treat them as a part of nature because really we all, everything is a part of nature. We're a part of nature, you know, and, and so looking at, at it through that sort of lens and like being open with the ears and listening curiously. I think that's, if I had like one hashtag that was going to go on my tombstone, it would be (laughs) listen curiously. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I love how you brought up the, you are part of nature as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not just something we go to this national park and we walk through and we look around and look at all this, all this is nice. Where is your place within that? Where do you see yourself within that not separate from? And I feel like that goes back to what you said about the universe and verse, right? We're all kind of, you know, I'm going into that territory now, like we're all singing that one song together. If we can only see it, if we can only hear it, if we can only participate, you know, consciously, in it. I love that. Joshua, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the show with us today. I really, um, I'm so thankful for your time. And, you know, we're in different time zones that I didn't even know about. I thought you were up in um, Portland. So I really appreciate you making that happen. And for our listeners, we are about to close out, but it will be with one of his compositions. And I will include links to his music in the show notes, as well as on our social media channels. So please support his work through subscribing to his releases. You can stream, purchase, and download them. He's got a new album coming out in a couple of months, so please be sure to share the word. He's also on Insight Timer, which one of our former guests on the show, Jill Weston, is doing meditations on there. So that's two of our former guests now that you can find on there. So I'd ask you to close your eyes and get comfortable and see if you can drop into a nice deep meditation with sounds from Joshua as we start to drift out of conversation and into contemplation and figuring out what you need to hear at this time, what you need to absorb at this time, what kind of messages are waiting for you? And until next time, dear Maya listeners, 
Remember, it's always a good time for your mind to be on the mat.
Mm-hmm.